TX Water Polo Podcast. Joe Linehan is in San Antonio. I'm James Smith in Austin. It's, uh, I don't know, what, is, what has been going on the last week, Joe? What did you do for the election? What did you do? Because we're not going to talk about who we like or don't like or any of that nonsense. But what did you, what do you do? There was actually a block party down the street. No kidding. Yeah, so we went down and kind of hung out a little bit. And there was, the Fox News was up there because I think <laughs> we live, I mean, I voted for Biden. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide from that, but. Yeah. Um, we live in a predominantly, uh, um, red area of the state. Mm -hmm. So, but, uh, we just kind of talked and we had some good civil conversations with different people and then we came on back down. Civility. Unbelievable. It was easy for me to be civil, although my wife and I don't really agree all that much on politics, but, uh, we've been doing this for a long time. So, um, we watched it briefly and then, you know, it's so silly because you think, Every single prediction is is that you know things are going to get drawn out, and obviously just the the simple mechanics of voting, uh, counting votes in Pennsylvania, meant by definition it wasn't going to be decided early. But for whatever reason, you just sit there waiting for the TV to tell you, you know, like it's over and here's who won, and of course had to wait until Saturday. So there you go. I, I actually, I think we're all waiting until December or January so. for, for the entire. Well, yeah, see, the Electoral College meets on December 14. I think that's right. So that's the real official date. When exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just what it's going to be. I think we're going to go by the official dates nowadays. And now we're moving on. We are? Okay. Moving on from what? I don't understand what you're talking about. Moving on from the Salty Splash Tournament in Utah? Or moving on to the Salty Splash Tournament in Utah. Zillow was the only Texas entrant on a, a darn big tournament in Utah. We spoke about it last week. Um, they came out in ninth place in the 1800 boys division. Um, they also had a bunch of players playing for um, Colorado Water Polo and Rocky Mountain Neptunes. Who uh, Rocky Mountain Neptunes did very well. They won 12 and under mixed, and uh, yeah, had a had a. Obviously had a fun time, and uh, according to their tweets, and appreciated everything going on. Um, and uh, it was a chance for teams really from California, Utah, Colorado, and Texas, I guess one from Texas, to uh, to finally get jump into the pool and play. Yeah. Um, yeah, congrats to Pascal and John and, and the Zilla group for getting a team together and going because it's a bit of a challenge to go out there and travel and do that and do that sort of stuff nowadays. So I didn't realize that tournament was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I just didn't. It is know Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, it is a, yeah. uh, I mean, that's just mainly in my experience, you know, uh, we all know that Utah is a high Mormon population yeah. and a lot of people cannot, the Mormons take, take the Sunday Sabbath, uh, very, very seriously. Yeah. And, uh, uh, was it, um, they do not play water polo on those days. They, they don't run water pole tournaments on those days. I mean, there there might be a tournament here or there that does it, but uh, but for the most part, um, most water pole events out there are like a Friday Saturday, like like kind of tournament. This tournament just happened to be a Thursday night, Friday Saturday. You know why I didn't really know was because ODP West Region Championships were a Sunday. You know, sun, Sunday was included, and not to it's not a gotcha. It's just like I I didn't know, like I I didn't even sort of think about it. But it, it and there were some sense. kids from Utah that did not come back to participate on Sunday. Oh, is that true? I didn't yeah. know that either. Okay, maybe more than them. Anyway, and the schedule says day one, day two, day three. So of course, mentally, I'm thinking, okay, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But uh, no, not the case. Anyhow, all right, well done to them. Um, more stuff that uh, you're deeply involved with. I mean, what are you not deeply involved with? Let's be honest. But uh, lots and lots and lots. Texas Development Summit, right? Yeah, we got our Texas Development Summit. It's our annual summit. This is going to be the fourth year we're doing it. It's going to be on Saturday, November 28th. We're going to do it virtual this year. 
this is just an opportunity for, and I'm sure that you've been part of one here, James, in the past, but yeah. it's the coaches kind of, it, yeah, it's for coaches, club admins, and referees throughout the Southwest Zone. And it really just is an opportunity to kind of get together and talk about the things that are, are, are important. These are more about, you know, a little bit of the dry side of stuff. It's not, it's, we don't necessarily talk about the X's and O's and stuff like that. It's more about uh, like, like calendar and scheduling. And, you know, we've, we've also talked about recruiting athletes, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of when's the best time to do this or when's the best time to do that. So, so, and so we have a separate coaching, uh, coaches and club admin session. Then we have a separate uh, referee session. Then we have a joint session with everybody together. Yeah. And of course, anybody can come join the other sessions. But you know, this is open to anybody. Parents can come. Um, all the information is on the Southwest Zone website, or I've, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry, the Southwest Zone calendar. Um, it's just you have to, It's going to be via Zoom this year. We are asking uh, people to register via Zoom, and then that like you'll get the like the like the meeting ID and the password as we move forward. It's going to be from eight to eight a.m. to twelve uh, p.m. on Saturday morning. Uh, November 28th. Hey, what are the mechanisms? I mean, because since it's going to be on Zoom, it, you know, somebody wants to say something, they raise their hand and all that stuff. Is it, no, is it a webinar? No, no, it's going to be, it's going to be in the meeting format. Okay. Because this is, this is more of a, I'll moderate it and I'll keep it kind of going and on topic, but it's going to be, we want everybody to share their opinion and talk about their, like, like their point of view. And the best way to do that is in the meeting format. We do. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, and then we'll also have like uh, we'll have a small k- k- kind of intro. You know, Robert Albach's going to talk about the Southwest Zone for kind of a little bit, and yeah, and then we'll kind of get into the meetings. And we do have a fifteen-minute break between meetings and such like that, so it's not going to be four hours straight. <laughs> no good. Yeah, that would not be good. I, I it's been a couple of years I think since I've been to one, and uh, it was interesting because it was you know it's a bit of an airing of grievances. It's a closed door thing, so you can't uh, expect anything different from that. And then the referees and the and the coaches get together, and then you can sort of feel like there are certain ones who are like clenching their teeth, you know, about like hey, can't we do this? And yeah, but it was actually very productive. At the end of that, we came away with some stuff that uh, that I was not expecting to. So I'm looking. For, I, I actually think the Zoom format might be better. I, I mean, you know, it's certainly no, cheaper than going I mean, to get a, a hotel I'm, room. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just looking forward to it. I mean, this is, this is, this is, I mean, just as a selfish point of view, this is my opportunity to kind of reach out and hear from everybody that they, we don't have a whole lot of time on the pool deck to talk about these things. Yeah. You know, we have rest conversations in the hospitality room or on the pool deck before or after a game. We don't have time to sit there and have a conversation about it. This is our opportunity to have conversations about things that are going to affect our clubs, coaches, all that good stuff, and referees. Well, I plan on on saying a lot. Actually, no, not really. Um, Same thing for – oh, Texas Coaches Academy. Is it the – this is – I mean, in some ways, it's a a new program, right, although you've done stuff before, but – to give us the the big beats on how that works. So yeah, so this year we're adding to the like the overall development summit. We're just adding Texas Coaches Academy to the afternoon of of Saturday, November twenty eighth, and this is something that we've been kind of talking about for the summit the last couple of years to adding this kind of kind of some sort of a education kind of component. You know, with the Zoom kind of format and everybody's getting a lot more comfortable with that. This was a great opportunity to kind of do that. So we have three different sessions. We have Spencer Dornan, who's the head coach at Pegasus and also one of the like local kind of the ODP coaches. And he's going to talk about the ODP passing and, yeah, and shooting skills and drills. And then we have Ian Davidson, who's the 
USA Warpol head development uh, boys coach. Mm -hmm. And we have He's Drew Clute, who is the national education manager for USA Waterpool who's and they're going to talk about big picture offense defense tactics and then they're going to talk about the drills and skills to kind of a, like kind of a, a, accomplish those all right and for both the summit we have one zoom link kind of kind of for the entire summit and then we have one zoom link for the entire coaches academy right so you just come and then you can leave and come back leave and come back as you want got it okay I'm going to be traveling that day I just realized that I'm going to be on the road that's too bad. I actually, that Coaches Academy is something I should see because, uh, you know, Ian Davidson is my boss for ODP. Um, and uh, obviously, I always like to, I, I genuinely go to ODP sessions and hired uh, Spencer for this reason so that I could learn because he he's, has a pretty deep background in the, in the sport. All right. Is well, there, even if, yeah. even, even if you're driving, you can always just kind of just kind of put your headphones in and, uh, and listen on your phone and or plug it in your car. So. I'll be on an airplane, but that's, you know, we'll figure it out. Actually, no, let's see. Saturday. You're driving to Houston for the camp, right? No, I am not. Oh, 28th. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm flying from um, Santa Fe. Okay, there you go. To Dallas, yeah. On your private jet. On my private right? jet. Or, or like that, yeah. Everybody knows that I have a private jet. There's no question <laughs> about that. Okay. No, but it, no, but it's going to be good, and that's going to kind of springboard us into December, January, February. Where we're going to do a rough series, a coach series, and a watch series, and all that information is coming out here later this week. So. But probably similar format to what you just described for the coaches academy, something like that. Fair oh, to say, a little bit like that. But I mean, like the coach academy is going to be a block of speakers. Mm -hmm. This is going to be like you know, yeah, yeah. Let's say the like the second Wednesday of each month, we'll do a coach clinic, right? Yeah, via Zoom on one topic. Okay. Um, and then we're going to do the same thing for ref series. We're going to do the same thing for a watch series. So Okay. And then we might add to that and do more, but it's just going to be, for right now, it's going to be once a month. So Okay. Um, I think we're done with all that, so we'll come back with some more stuff in a second. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr, and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast. James, Joe, with you, um, I, on my show notes, Joe, it says that we're going to cover the Salty Splash, but I really feel like I covered that in some pretty, you know, rigorous detail in the first Adjust segment. and adapt, adjust and adapt. Yeah, 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 I can't follow this script. So next on the list is tags, which is, um, I'm literally typing up a note to my kids about uh, participating. We have a 14, and, or sorry, no, a ninth grade and under team that's registered to play, and I'm, I, I'm absolutely over the moon. I can't wait to go. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Again, for those that don't know, it's December 12th and 13th at the LISD Eastside Aquatic Center in North Texas. Um, it's going to be it's, – it's the same tournament that, that has normally been in the spring, but this is the one from last spring that has been postponed. We're doing ninth grade and younger, seventh grade and under, and fifth grade and, and younger divisions. It's, and we can only have a max of 20 total teams. So I've actually heard from some people out of state that oh. have said, hey, can I come play? And we're like – no, you can't. <laughs> I mean, it's a good problem to have, no doubt. But I mean, I, I think you and I talked about that before, and I thought, 
Yeah, that's not really the spirit of this tournament. It's not to say we don't want other teams coming in, except it's to say we don't want other teams coming in. It's really for the zone, right? No, yeah. So, but there, there's a, there's another tournament that same week in the Cowtown Stampede, there you which go. is only eighteen and under in, in, for boys and girls, but they can go play at that if, yeah. if they wanted to. Yeah, now, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to keep that t- tags tournament that is specific to the Southwood Zone teams, and we want you know. Be honest with you, we're probably gonna have to turn. We're gonna have to turn away teams. We're gonna have, yeah. we're gonna take the first twenty teams. At the other that enter. I know. I told people, hey, you know, if you want to go, um, you know, you can enter B team, but we might have to cut your B team. Mm. So okay, I saw because, that note. Yeah, because because we want to allow as many clubs from Texas to attend. Yeah, so. this is uh, all my uh, mainly boys. Not all of them are aging out. So this is their last chance. I mean, obviously they're going to, you know, just easily slip up into 16 and unders, but for them, they had expected to play at JOs as a 14 and under team. So the fact that this tournament, Cowtown, Texas Challenge Cup and everything has uh, the age as of August 1, 2020 is uh, they're super excited. So, no, so there, yeah, there is no age as of for tax. Right. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Ninth grade and under. So Oh, yeah. That that combination, yeah, we've had that conversation over and over again about whether it should be one or both or neither, whatever. I just, starting in 2019, we just made it grid only. Oh, I think that's cool. Okay. Um, and it normally is during this, like the high school season. So just now we're just trying to have it in here and kind of, and kind of, and kind of shoehorn it in. And the couple teams, like, like, I think Southside has a pretty good ninth grade in our group. I think you, I think you guys do. I think Pegasus does. I, I, I think Thunder does. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a good little tournament. Oh, and Oxford too. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, uh, you are hosting really um, tags both as yeah, because I saw it's joint jointly being hosted by the Zone and by your club up in North Texas. Is that right? Like the, the yeah, tags is run by the Southwest Zone, and yeah. the local host and is local host, Water Polo, yeah. which is one of my developmental clubs in North Texas. Yeah. Right. Well, one way or the other, you're managing that tournament. That's 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 for certain. Hey, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, there are there. I mean, there are definitely challenges to hosting for sure. Like what? Um, I mean, just you know, you have to you have to figure out the ins and outs. How many people you gotta let in? Like for tags, there are no there there. It's gonna be just like the Texas Challenge Cup. There are no spectators. Right. So you know, are like. I know Thunder is like having people volunteer and be at the tables and also you have to provide kind of probably probably some sort of streaming option. Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to do that? I don't know. The good thing is we get to watch what the Texas Challenge Cup happens and then we can do adjust and adapt accordingly for December 12th, 13th. Right. But um, I mean, it's like you have to really like water polo. I mean, there's going to be you have to put safety protocols in. You have to deal with the school districts at a much higher level than what you have in the past. You have to deal with teams that might drop out because they have a COVID issue. You know, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult because I mean, plus you're going to deal with a, like a possibly a bunch of unhappy people that can't get into the pool. Right. You know, I mean, it's like our coaches kind of relaying all the stuff that the tournament directors telling the coaches, are they relaying that to their athletes? Yeah. Right. I've gotten some feedback about that too. Right. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then like, and like, and like there's protocols. So you have to enter here, then you have to exit here. You know, they're like kids have to come in just their suits. Um, they have to leave in their suits. There's no locker room access. You know, um, it's like, it's it just, it's almost like a dance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. you and I both went through it for this, the, like the, yeah, like the central Texas festival. We, we put a lot of bandwidth into things that we normally don't do. Yeah. And that's where it becomes hard. I mean, like, you know, we want teams to host, and there's only a few clubs that can host right now for because 
we're in we're in the cooler months and we and the tournaments kind of need to be indoors but it's like you know you can't go to the back to the like is thunder going to want to host another tournament they may not want to host one for a while because it is a bit of a pain in the ass right and uh you know like you know we are trying to get people to host like you know the uh like the texas dare dream festival in january i have not found a location yet you know i mean if we hosted a tournament yeah between christmas and new year's would there be teams that want to come and, and and more importantly can we actually find a local host that wants to host something right well you know there are teams that want to go like i i suspect that's going to always i be think the case. teams would play but it's more but we need to find people that are going to be willing to host yeah for sure and that's hard that is hard and i mean uh, host and then also uh, i mean and i say part of that the willingness to host is have a facility that is going to be yes. okay with you hosting precisely yep Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there's basically been nothing in Houston, as far as I know, right? There haven't been any game days or anything, right? So San Antonio is as far north as anything. They, you know, AquaSwift had their their scrimmage, but most of it is Central Texas and uh, and obviously North Texas. And that seems to me the way it's going to be. I don't know. I, I have a, you know... I'm looking for a site for ODP stuff in January um, and have some decent leads with a couple facilities. So that's good news. But uh, I don't think that I'm, I'm sure one of them will not allow for physical contact. And I think the other one might. So we, we will see about that. No, I mean, I mean, it's just it's just it's just it's just what it is uh, in 2020, 2021. That's yeah. all it is. Well, we're going to get a, a a trial run when we go to the Texas Challenge Cup. By the way, I'm driving up Saturday morning, Joe, so I'll see you there. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked last week with um, with one California coach, and then unfortunately another team had to drop out. It was from California. Apparently they had a case. I'm not, I'm not entirely certain about that, but uh, that's what I've heard. The team from uh, Walnut Creek, which is 680, I think. Um, but I got a chance to speak with uh, Coach Jack Amaral, who is the head coach at Exeter Water Polo. And What's cool about that, well, first of all, he's an interesting guy, but secondly is his team has already played Thunder at whatever that tournament was. Is it in February in California? Was that the Cap 7 tournament? But he he's he's familiar with them, so it's really cool. And he and they've uh, and his families are just really gung ho on all this, and so they're they're super excited. I can imagine that others will be as well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those things where. Uh... Um, I mean, all coaches here in Texas know a bunch of coaches, yes. right? They, and they've all talked about possibly coming to Texas and playing. Well, now here's their opportunity. It's time to put up or shut up, right? So, <laughs> and um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm like, it's everybody knows some people out there, and it's great that Exeter's coming. I'm looking forward to the tournament. I actually am going to be working tables just so I can be in the facility and watch. Nice. So, you know, it's going to be one of those things where, um, you know, it's not like, like you can't just go in and watch anymore. Right. I mean, I'm not like, I want to make sure I follow the rules just like everyone else. And, um, it's, 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 it's important to me that, you know, that the rules are going to be taken seriously. And, you know, we like, as long as this is just like the central Texas festival, as long as the Texas challenge cup kind of goes well, then, then we can have the next one. Yeah. One of the interesting things that both of the California coaches that I spoke with, they're, according to them, their parents are the ones who are sort of the most eager about not only playing, but that they understand the rules about not having spectators. So that they're not the ones who are saying like, oh, this is a huge disappointment. They're just happy to have their kids back in the pool. And they can probably go into the restaurant bar across the street from the pool and just go enjoy, right? Oh, that's where I should coach from, actually, if you think about it. Okay. Yeah, I, and, and and I wonder if there's, I I wonder if the hotels can set up like a big screen TV to watch the 
and like and watch the streaming because I know uh, I know Thunder's providing streaming and stuff like that. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Or or at the local pub or something like that, you can put streaming up <laughs> up, up, up on the big screen. Right. Now, so it's yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be a different tournament, but that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. So. Um, we'll come back with a conversation with Coach Jack Amaral from uh, Exeter Water Polo right after this. Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas. Texas Challenge Cup is this weekend. The first games are, well, I got to go up on Saturday morning, Coach. So <laughs> those are my first games are on Saturday morning. But we have with us Jack Amaral. He's the head coach at Exeter Water Polo. It's a club that I'm going to ask him to describe to our Texas listeners exactly where it is in the state of California. But one of many teams heading from California to Texas this weekend, looking for a place to play and finding one. So uh, thank you very, very much for your time, Coach. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Let's start from the beginning. How'd you find out about the Texas Challenge Cup and why did it even come up on your agenda? You know, I was kind of skimming USA water polo a little bit and we're looking for some opportunities to play some water polo and we're a little bit, we're limited in California. And so things were popping up out of state. And so I said, hey, can we make this happen? And, you know, texted my team mom and and said, hey, you know, is this possible? Can we make this work? And she said, yep, let's do it. You know, so I said, all right, we can build that team. So kind of put everything together for that. Were you surprised by that, that your parent was so, uh, you know, so enthusiastic about it? You know, so the parent that's kind of put, uh, kind of put the flights and everything together, hotel and everything, she's been pretty much, she really loves doing that. And she has um, twin girls and one's a goalie, one's a two meter player. And this is their pretty much last opportunity to play club water polo before they age out. So they're both uh, sophomores in college, but, um, Based off of their age, of the August first, they're able to cut get into this tournament right now. Before that's incredible, sophomores <laughs> in college. <laughs> that's yeah. great. Yeah. So one is at uh, one is at Azusa uh, Pacific. Mm-hmm. The other one will start attending her, I guess, junior year. We'll go to Biola University. Okay, so. great. Yeah, with the new program in Southern California, excellent. Um, very cool. I mean, and I'm curious because I've asked this of other coaches as well. There's, and I have my own experience with this as well, is that they, the parent re- reactions for my club, for example, have been varied. But for the most part, they've almost been entirely positive about let's go, let's let's play. Like we, we understand that the rules um, are required in order for us to go play. But that's OK, because frankly, when we started practicing again, it was like, Thank goodness. We just want to get these kids out of our house, you know? So I don't know, is that the experience that you had as well? Or what, what was it? Yeah, that's exactly what we had. So, you know, I kind of looking at USA water polo and this was, you know, I'm a teacher and so I have summers off. And so usually I spend most of my time on a pool deck over the summer and June was different for me. And I was like, what, you know, and my wife wanted me out of the house a little bit too. <laughs> so she, we, uh, we ended up, uh, you know, looking at a couple of places that we could start. And so we started in July doing some, you know, in the pool stuff, just distance. And then that kind of grew. And, and, you know, when I had the idea in October, it's the beginning of October for this tournament, you know, um, just made individual phone calls to all the, I called the parents before I called the players because I knew the players would say yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wanted to make sure that the parents were on board before the players were, cause I knew they would. Um, and every, every single one of the parents I called was, you know, very supportive and say, Hey, I think this is a great idea. Thank you so much for doing this, you know, and, just for their, the, you know, the mental health of those kids too, just like, 
you know, they're stuck on Zoom or, you know, whatever it is in, the, you know, on, in their bedroom. And uh, I think getting outside in the summer and then, you know, playing a little bit of water pool and getting some physical activity was just, parents were super supportive. So based on both your work as a water polo coach, but also your teacher, you said we, we spoke before we started recording, you're a music teacher. What has your experience been with COVID? Have you had uh, outbreaks among your students or among the, the communities as far as you know? So as far as just uh, our program and we haven't had anything, our facility hasn't been shut down as for uh, water polo. So there's nothing been, uh, we actually shut down the facility shut down a couple of weeks ago or about a month and a half ago, but it was actually due to all the fires in California. So it was based off of the air quality. And so we, I kind of got a text one time, facility shut. And I was like, oh no, what's it? And then it was based off of the air quality for, I believe, the month of like September was pretty bad. Um, and so that's what we kind of had to da dance around a little bit. But as far as any of the outbreaks, as far as, you know, with the club or, you know, even just with my school going, um, we haven't had any issues. So knocking on wood right now. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the pool. So, you know, you, you have restrictions. Maybe, maybe you can tell us like where you are in the first place. Cause I think you said that you're not in your high school pool that you would normally be using. Yeah. So we usually use Exeter high school as our kind of main hub. Um, it's nice centrally kind of located between, Visalia, Tulare, Porterville. So all the all the athletes only have about a 20 minute drive to practice. Um, let, me, let me interrupt you for a second, because I think you need to tell people how far is that geography from Los Angeles or or from the Bay Area? You got to give them those big, yeah. um, big hubs, right? Well, we're like in the Central Valley, you know, just everything kind of sits big. I think we have more cows than actually people. So um, but, um, we're about three and a half hours from LA area and about, I would say about four hours from San Francisco. So we're kind of right in the, that middle right there. Um, At least you're not on right, right on I-5. That's, that's yeah, better, much yeah, better. Yeah. So we have to drive, I, to get to the fire from here is about, uh, about an hour. And Thank so we, yeah. go on, we have our, we have our back ways that we go as port of entry <laughs> to get to the fire spot we get. So. Okay. And, and so, and you mentioned to me earlier that your, your, most of your kids are about 20 minutes away, no matter where they are. So they're 20 minutes away from practice. And what does your practice look like? Uh, so for right now we're at the, it's, it's called the Lindsay wellness center. And so that's the, we're a little closer, a little South, I guess, in the Exeter, about 10 minutes from, from Exeter. So a um, little further drive right now for them, but nothing terrible. Um, practices are looking like, you know, we kind of, you know, started with July, just very, you know, just, um, just making sure all the rules were being followed and make sure we're staying safe. And so um, started with swimming. Um, and then as things kind of lightened up a little bit or and protocol kind of changed as far as our facility goes, um, we were, you know, passing the ball a little bit, limited shooting and just kind of going from there and just, you know, a lot of individual ball skills uh, with, the, with the players. Um, you know, now they have their little pods. We have um, one time, I think we had uh, about 50 players out there, but, they were all split up into their different pods. And so like different times. So there was, you know, times in between. So there's no overlap and just, um, it worked out. It was good. Cause you had, you know, I 11 year olds up to, I think we had 20 year olds out there. And so it was kind of fun for me to, you know, see the, the, the girls that had gone through the program, come back that are, you know, gearing up for, you know, trying to get ready for their college seasons. And you got 11 and 12 year old girls that are just, you know, like in awe of these girls. Oh my gosh, these, you know, this is what I could do eventually. So <laughs> that's a good problem to have is 50 people in your pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said limited shooting is limited by what? Uh, just as far as what we're doing, trying to do, uh, you know, space things out a little bit more. 
um, you know, like track your own ball kind of thing. And, you know, where we're, we're getting our own balls and, and, and not, uh, you know, no defenders and stuff like that. And so just um, trying to, I'd like to do a lot more, you know, like hands-on defender, feel all this stuff. And so just kind of cleaning things up a little bit. So it's just a little more space in the pool. So when you got time at this facility, did you have to make a case for it? You had, or did they sort of understand that? I mean, um, there are studies out there. There's one in particular from Italy that, uh, you know, surveyed a bunch of uh, managers of facilities. And they said by far the most safe sport, uh, group sport rather, not tennis or swimming or whatever is water polo. So I don't know if you had to make a case to somebody or if they sort of already knew that this was probably among the safer things to do? Um, so I think I reached out pretty early with this, uh, the Lindsay Wellness Center, just because they were a city pool and not tied to a high school. And I knew just being involved in, you know, public school system, it was going to be, those pools were going to be a little, they weren't going to open up as soon as the other stuff. Um, and so I reached out to them and just said we were interested and, you know, uh, talking with them, they seemed like, oh, we're getting things going. We'd love to have you guys out. And so they were super supportive. Um, you know, I've had to do just being a band director, I've had to do kind of that protocol. And I've been looking at it on USA, looking at it, you know, CDC, all these different things and just kind of getting all these ideas of, of how to run it and and what rules we can kind of go by. So um, hasn't any hasn't been any pushback as far as the facility goes, as far as, you know, having to beg for the pool time. But, uh, you know, if anything, I'm asking for more. They've been super accommodating. So that's excellent. Um, okay. Uh, give a, give me a little outline of where things stand with high school in the sense that the season is delayed and it, I keep seeing news trickling out of California for different um, sections of the CIF about how practice in LA is not going to start yet, but practice in the San Diego section is going to start. Where, what do you know as of now about your situation with the high school teams? So with the central section, just, um, I'm kind of, this is kind of a weird thing, but usually, you know, usually my water polo um, starts up at about January for me. So I do marching band. I'm busy doing all of that stuff during the fall. And so that's when, you know, high school season's going on. And then after my marching season's over in January, I pick it up. So I actually don't coach a high school team. Um, I, but I love just kind of going around to watch all the players play and just kind of watching my club players. Um, As of now, kind of what I've heard is, um, high school teams are getting back in the pool um, as far as conditioning and working out. I believe they're right around, I don't know what level, but um, balls are starting to, I guess, almost be introduced so they can start doing that. And so I think they're getting a little bit, I, I guess, I think I would say the school districts and everything and CIF are testing the, the, testing the waters a little bit with that and then just kind of seeing how that goes. Um, but I have pretty much all of my players are, you know, either doing their practices or, and then coming to do ours and doing, you know, um, but I believe that their season's supposed to start in December. Um, as of that, I don't know if, if that's going to happen. I'm just trying to, I'm kind of counting the weeks and seeing how it's been going the last couple of weeks and going like, okay, well, if you can touch a ball now, like when are you going to be able to guard a player, you know, like, and so just doing the math and it, it's, it's not looking good. And I'm just, I'm a little, so I told them, I said, Hey, all of you, you know, depending on what your high school season goes, we're going to, finish up with this uh, Texas cup um, this coming upcoming weekend, take a little break for the Thanksgiving and the holiday season. And then depending on if there's a high school season, um, we'd be, you know, if if there's a high school season, I'll kind of step back and let them do their high school stuff and allow them to play. Um, And then, you know, start up after that possibly if the high school season, you know, gets moved or shifted or canceled, 
um, I probably would start up a little earlier just to give those those players a little more opportunity to get in the pool and stay in shape. So, well, I, I know that you're not a high school coach, um, but the, my curiosity is, and I can't help but think that this tournament that's coming up is serving in some ways as preparation for whatever high school season takes place. Is that fair to say? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that that that's not uh, unusual. That's also been. Uh, I was told that by Adam Donovan, who coaches a little bit north of you, not a little bit, quite a bit north of you, actually, but okay. Um, you, now a little about, 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 well, so first of all, when did the club begin? Because I'll be honest, I'd never heard of Exeter until you entered this tournament. And I feel like I know pretty, a, a decent amount yeah. about clubs. Um, so when did your club start? And was it you that uh, founded it? Yeah. And so it was, uh, it was about, I would say, 2000 and... 15. So 2015, um, I had a couple players approach me and just, you know, they wanted, it was, you know, female athletes that didn't really have a club. were looking for, you know, for somewhere to play. And so we started it and went from there. And so our first JOs uh, was, I believe, 2016. And so that was the first year that we attended. So we've been around for about five years now. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's, kind of started with just this and then, you know, working our way up and, and building players and, and, and going from there. So if you go to your website, the photos are almost exclusively of uh, young women. So is that the, is it, is that the team in its entirety or are, are you sort of, uh, you know, weaving in young men when you can? So um, there's a couple clubs around us that are located and I would, I wouldn't say they specify, but they definitely had um, a more dominant, men's program and mm -hmm. so for me coming in and you know starting this and being told hey let's do this and i said i had a you know a good group of probably 12 13 14 15 you know uh female athletes that wanted to start this i said hey, well we can do this just make you know we're gonna have to go from here and so just as kind of a little respect for the clubs around me i just have always done the female and you know i've had clubs around they'll send you know they'll have five or six players and not enough for a tournament. And so they'll send them over to me. And a lot of the times is, you know, those athletes play with, you know, see who we have and see, you know, like there's a lot of, I mean, we probably have had, I would say in the last couple of years, just, I mean, at least probably 10 that have gone and played college water polo. And so for those, you know, younger athletes, they're seeing all of this and they're seeing great water polo being played. And so it really, they attach at that. And so, um, but, so that's basically what we've done. And I didn't want to, start a men's program and one we're a little limited on the pool time and then there's me and i have you know a couple assistant coaches but there's not a lot um and so instead of you know expanding this way i said you know if there's a you know male athlete that you know wants to play for the most part now i've been taking them just because we're doing conditioning but um you know i'll definitely point them in the direction of those clubs that are kind of already there and kind of had their foot in the door first so your geography isn't so big. I would expect that the girls, even if they don't go to the same high school, they all know each other, or at least <laughs> yeah. that's largely true. Is that the case yeah. with your? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, I have a couple of girls that have played college or uh, high school water polo together, um, have seen each other at the ODP stuff coming around. Um, you know, I would say we have probably groups of like four or five from each of the high schools that come together. And it started where one of the players would come and play. And I had, you know, a player just go from like, I don't know. It's amazing how much she's improved over the last four years. It's just watching her as like a, I would call her a freshman scrub, you know, yeah. and then going. And so she was pretty much my advertisement. And so the, her team saw, Oh my gosh, like this, this is great. And so, 
now there's like four or five or six of them out there just because they're like, okay. And so they get to play together. And a lot of these, you know, I had a, a really core group from Portable High School um, that came and I would say most of their starters were club members. And so they all played JOs together. Then they kind of took a week or two off and then started their high school season. And they ended up, I think, winning, you know, you know, their D2 Valley Championship. And so it was kind of like, hey, we can just take this team and move it over here and play high school with it, you know? And so, but so that's so where it's a CIF Division II Central Section uh, Championship, I guess, right? Yeah. Is, am I going to have that right? Yeah. Sometimes even I, as a native of California, get Sac Joaquin and uh, Central mixed up. As far as geography, I flip them around. But anyway, yeah. that's, no. that's, a, that's a Southern California prejudice on my part. But um, <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I'm going to put you slightly on the spot. What are some drills that you have had to invent or steal? Because I'm, I'm asking as an interviewer, but the truth is I'm going to write them down for my practice tonight. I'm going to steal them from you. Um, what are some drills that you've found out that work, that don't work, that, you know, given all of these uh, physical distancing rules? Um, one, one of the drills that I kind of, I, I like, and I think I got, I stole it from a, actually a webinar from USA Water Polo was um, they have like a grid of nine, kind of like a tic-tac-toe. And so it's pretty much the outside three passing it to the other outside three with the three in the middle, um, working on trying to steal the ball, playing a little bit of passing lanes, kind of simulating more of like a six on five where you're trying to, you know, get to that ball and deflect it or, you know, affect that play a little bit. So right. we've done that and that's worked out pretty well because we just rotate through and go around and we, you know, staying our distance. Um, you know, we've done some basic stuff with, you know, I've had, you know, during the summer I've had young kids out there. So we've had little things where we're, you know, passing and just teaching them, you know, the, the numbering for the mm, position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you yell it out and it becomes a game with the 11, 12 year olds because they're, you know, trying to think and they're trying to beat the other, the other cage that are, you know, passing their numbers. And so you start giving them like one, five, you know, and they're just <laughs> trying to keep, you know, so working on that little stuff. Um, a lot of just, you know, I, I, I've been pushing a lot of pump fake and just really, and, and I'm a goalie from a goalie's right. perspective. It was, um, it was people that had a great pump it was just super effective. And it was just like, that's kind of what, like, you know, when you get a goalie and you look at, you know, all of these great guys, you know, they're, you know, six foot four, six foot five, and their wingspans are like seven feet. And so it's like, you can shoot a corner every single time and it's going to get blocked. It's going to yeah. get blocked every time because, you know, and so working with them and how to sell that pump with not just the, you know, the arm, but selling it with the legs and the lower half of the body, um, really getting up where, you know, elevating up because, a lot of times I would study and just look at, you know, players like, oh, he does this every time or it comes down and then it gets shot every time. Yep, pretty you know, cool. He pumps, pump, pumps, and then it'll come down. And it's So picking up on those little things and, and increasing them, uh, working on selling that pump with the entire body, especially with that leg, um, that bottom half. So. I was, uh, I was inspired to ask the question because I've been doing recently inside water stuff where I want them to shoot under pressure. So we have some of those noodles hanging around. And so the boys in particular are very, very fond of whacking each other with the, the noodle on the way in, but it doesn't quite work. I got to figure that out. There's, there's a positioning that doesn't quite work because you can't swim with the noodle. You can't swim yeah. with a noodle and then start bashing. So they start bashing the stay. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. So, so tell us about, a little bit about yourself, your career. You went to Redlands. You were a goalkeeper there. You actually happen to know one of my coaching colleagues in the Austin <laughs> that's, area. That's so right. yeah. so give, us a, give us your background. Um, 
I, I grew up in Porterville, played some, uh, played high school. Just literally, I think my buddies asked me like, hey, uh, you're tall and lanky and you look like you could be a goalie. You want to come out? And I said, well, I've never swam before. And so I remember jumping in the pool and like, you know, backyard swimming, but it was like, all right, swim an easy 200. And I'm just looking at the coach going, an easy what? Like how many laps is that? And so just kind of going from there and starting and then um, had, you know, had some people help me through throughout the years, kind of just like give me some pointers and anything I could do to get out of swimming. I was, oh, I'll do legs. That's fine. You know? And so um, I always tell my girls, I said, you know, all of you are faster than me, but I said, none of you will beat me down the pool. And they're like, what? I'm cutting you off, right? Yeah, at the yeah, yeah. There's no way you're beating me. Dead, so, That's you know, kind of put them on too. their back. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I just kind of did that and had some interest. Uh, University of Redlands has a really great music program. And just coming from a big, you know, music background, my mom was very musical. Um, just, you know, did the honor bands as a, you know, middle school, high school, you know, was the band nerd too. And so I'd finish up with water polo and then run the band practice. And so um, Redlands was a great fit for me, just with a really great school of music. And um, then also had water polo. So it was just kind of worked hand in hand. And so um, played there. Um, had some great coaching from Tom Whittemore, uh, Casey Finfrock. There's some just greats that have gone through uh, new men's coaches. Um, Ryan Hall just got to play with him for one year and just um, there's great that that program really helped me kind of I think the teaching has a lot to do with it so learning how to you know teach marching band teach band um, and then adding that kind of athletic background I feel like it does a really good job blending together so I feel like marching band almost is like a coaching kind of position and so um, just learning a lot of things you know I'd go to the college thinking I know everything and then the first practice or something at 12 o'clock at night, midnight madness. It was just like, Oh my goodness, look at all these guys too. And so it was just me trying to absorb anything and everything I could. So um, just had a great time at university of Redlands though. Um, still, I mean, still great friends with, you know, people that have gone through there. And so um, it, it's fun. It's a really cool community, cool, you know, uh, group of guys that went through there. Just even before me, I had guys that, never even played with and they'll hit me up or something or hey i'm in this area like i'm like hey cool let's do you know like so how did you get on the college radar i mean division three isn't uh, something that they can't re really reach out to you you have to reach out to them primarily it's not that you wouldn't get their attention it's just that you have to establish the relationship and here you are you're another one of these guys who says yeah, I just sort of jumped in the pool because my friends said it was a good idea next thing you know you're playing in college so uh how did you draw that attention I think it was, you know, sending feelers out as far as emails goes. Uh, the big one, um, I would you know, tend to look at rosters and see who's got a senior and who's got under, you know. So um, there was, you know, I saw that the following year was going to have a senior and a sophomore. And I said, hey, well, this sounds like good. But, um, you know, just I think there was a couple people from our Porterville kind of community that had gone to Redlands, um, friend of a friend that had a brother that went there. And so they kind of got on the radar. Um, I ended up going to redlands with um one of my buddies and he was my best man at my wedding and we went to actually went to preschool together too wow so yeah so both we were all that we've been together forever so i talked to the guy about fantasy football pretty much every day so <laughs> um and then another guy uh that also we uh, uh grew up with that went so there was actually three of us in uh in this kind of town one was on my high school team and then the other one was on a rival team so we all went to redlands and i think it was kind of a collective like we kind of looked at this and thought was good and so i remember just 
everyone's saying, you know, like you get that, well, I'm going to go here for this sport or something. And it's like, at the end of the day, the sport's going to end, you know, you're going to be done. Your four years is over and, and you're, you know, now masters player, you know, so it's like, <laughs> but like that's you know, right. You're out of, you know, but, um, and so I think it worked out really well with it, with Redlands having a really great music program. And so it was just kind of like, well, this is in line too. And so, um, it just was, it was the best of both worlds. And I think that athletics was a big part of my life growing up as, and it also, um, you know, music. So I think it just fit, but I might, I remember my mom showing up to all these games and recording and, you know, doing the, the, the I've got VHSs with stuff, and, you know, film and stuff on it. Now it's all on a camera or something, but, um, so yeah, I just, you know, I kind of, you know, didn't really have any, any bar. didn't have a, like, didn't want to like prove anything. I just, you know, I enjoyed playing polo and I just wanted to get better. And I just think it came really natural and just, I was like, Oh, this is fun. This, I'm, you know, I think I'm getting this. And so I started just going to camps. I remember, uh, you know, attending Terry Schroeder's camp at Pepperdine, um, just getting everything, uh, working with Jack from, you know, the national team, just, there's been, yeah, just a bunch of just love doing it and love, I think the big thing being around my friends, and so they were all doing it. And so it was just like, we just, you know, we all grew up together and it was going to water polo practice. And I was like, well, I don't want to get left out of this. So let's, let's go ahead and put it, you know, 200 yards in. That's fine. <laughs> so. What's your instrument? I know it's probably not just one of them, but of course there's always a, a favorite one. What's your instrument and what's your style of music that you like? So if, if I'm, if I'm playing, uh, I enjoy playing trumpet probably the most in class. I probably play trumpet the most just because I, can translate most music to trumpet easier. Um, my main instrument actually is trombone. So if I'm playing with one of the local, we have the um, the Sequoia Symphony, we have the Kings County Symphony and stuff. So if I'm playing with that, it's the trombone. So it's not, um, it wouldn't be trumpet. I'm definitely not good enough to do that with them. So um, do that with trombone, play a little bass guitar, play piano, love piano, just very relaxing. I'm getting my, my five-year-old son into little beginning piano stuff but we'll see how that goes <laughs> it's either that or water polo right it's like, yeah i'm like hey pick up a ball or something you know play piano so do you have good dexterity on the keyboards or are you left-handed throwing a ball there you go that's what you got to find out exactly. right? it's by the right hand behind them <laughs> sequoia symphony this is not easy to get a spot in a symphony that's actually pretty impressive yeah so just kind of moving back into town i just uh with my you know colleagues and everything that we're playing um got added to the sub list and you know somebody you know, wasn't able to make a performance or something I would get a call and you know go play with them but um did you know a lot of the pops concert stuff always was a fan you know uh ended with John Philip Sousa you know Stars and Stripes Forever that was always fun 1812 that's a good you know so a lot of fun stuff that I got to do there so haven't been doing as much lately just obviously but yeah um yeah enjoy I enjoy playing you know very cool. Well, I expect to see that trombone on the deck in uh, Dallas. I, so I'm sure that travels really well in the overhead compartment. And you know what? The funny thing is Tom Whittemore at Redlands was just, he was very against. So we got a new scoreboard donated by, uh, I think, the Strand family. Alex Strand was a player there and donated the just huge scoreboard. It was great. Speakers, everything built in. Um, and so all of the players wanted to do you know, pre-game music. It was like, that's a thing. We go to Whittier, we go to, we go to Pomona, they're all playing music before a game. We want to do it too. Well, and it was like this battle with Tom Whittemore being this, you know, like old school. <laughs> yeah, definitely old school. And so um, 
it came down to where if Jack plays the national anthem on the trombone in his speedo, I will let you guys uh, play pregame music. And so oh, everyone amazing. looked at me, and it wasn't even like an option. It was like, that's Jack, right. you're doing it. You know, and I think this was like, <laughs> I think my sophomore year there too. So I'm still underclassmen or something. And it was just, so there's a couple pictures I feel like somebody snapped, and it was just like across the pool deck and just like playing the trombone, national anthem. I probably did it for it probably a couple home games just so we could, we could take advantage of that, that pregame music. <laughs> so, Guarantee you got a standing ovation for each one yeah, of those, right? Great. They, they, we, people would show up just to see the national anthem. No. <laughs> Every, everybody wants to see some guy playing a trombone and a speedo. We all know that. That's true. Yeah. Um, Jack Amaral from Exeter Waterfall. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to seeing you in Dallas. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. That was Jack Amaral, the head coach at Exeter Water Polo. Uh, interesting guy, especially uh, interesting combination of musician and uh, and water polo coach at the same time. He 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 teaches the marching band, like he that was his major in college. So uh, a talented musician as well. So anyway, that was him. They're heading to California, or sorry, they're heading to Texas this Friday. They're leaving at like 4:30 a.m. Oh my gosh, that's not going to be fun. Um, but Bender aside from that, what's Bender that? that. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I know. Me too. I, I, I have pre-dread for that. I'm actually driving up, you know, like I said, on Saturday to uh, North Texas. And for whatever reason, because I've been taking my daughter to morning workouts for, for swimming. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can just get up at 530. It's not a problem. But uh, that was not. You know, when I was in college, like you get super used to the morning workouts for swim. And uh, you know, you're getting up at basically 445, 5 o'clock. Yeah. Once I stopped swimming, that... That whole instinct about getting up early left. How about you? No, I can still get up early. I, can, I mean, it's it's I, never left. But what? So the whole like the getting up early thing. Yeah, I've never had a problem sleeping. <laughs> uh, there are there yeah. are there. I know a ton of friends that have insomnia and stuff like this for whatever. They're stressed out. Yeah. Me, no, I've never had a problem sleeping. Yeah, I don't. I I can still get up at five if needed on an on an everyday basis, but. I don't. Hey, if I need to sleep in, I don't mind sleeping into seven or eight or something like that. Oh, so. I know. I was. Uh, we had a Saturday, uh, yeah, Sunday practice, and one of the kids showed up, and he's like, "Oh, I just woke up. Guess what time it was?" Three o'clock in the afternoon. It was noon. It wasn't quite three, but it was noon. I was like, "Yeah, once you get older, this does not happen anymore." Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joe. Take care, James. Right. I'll see you this weekend. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday morning. Um, thank you for listening and for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. Um, thank you to our fabulous gifters. And if you want to contribute, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. Until next week, so long from Austin. Line, running my mind. I can't wait to get out again. Counting the time.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.